I'd like to start today with a short quiz. And if you're watching live, please feel free to type the answers into the chat box. Um, the questions aren't particularly easy and therefore if you need to guess, um, that's just fine. And it's a quiz on famous last words or perhaps more accurately, the last words of famous people. And I've got it here somewhere and um, just four questions. So whose famous last words were et tu brute? And that was read in my best Latin accent to give you a bit of a clue. Number two, whose last words were, this is no way to live. Number three, I'm bored of it all. And number four, who jokingly said, I told you I was ill. You see, as a population, we seem to be fascinated with people's last words. If you Google it, there are absolutely hundreds you can look through. My favourite is Marie Antoinette, who um, apparently apologised to the executioner for treading on his toes, and they were her final words. But let's look at the answers um, and see if you've got any of them right. Um, et tu brute was Julius Caesar. That was the only one that I actually knew. Um, this is no way to live was Groucho Marx. Number three, I'm bored of it all was Winston Churchill. And I told you I was ill was Spike Milligan. So much for them. But maybe the most important final words, and certainly the most challenging final words that were ever spoken, were those of Jesus. And if we look at Matthew's Gospel in the very last chapter, chapter 28, and we read from verse 19, Jesus says this to his 11 disciples who have met him on the hill. Sorry, I need my glasses. And Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now that is some challenge, because I've looked it up, and in the world at that sort of time, there were, they estimate, 300 million people. And there are 11 disciples. Um, Judas, um, who betrayed Jesus, is no longer with them, which, mathematically speaking, is about 27 million people each that the disciples have been asked across all nations to go and make disciples. And they didn't have the communication methods or the transport arrangements that we presently enjoy. So no mobile phones, well, indeed no phones at all, no computers, no email, no social media, and planes, trains and cars are still 1800 years away. And to make matters worse, this group of people are not even a particularly good team. I don't know if you ever watch Match of the Day, but um, in the post-match analysis and interviews, when they're interviewing the, uh, the star striker that's just scored a hat-trick, they always say, well, it was a team effort. Everybody played their part. It's the three points for the team in the league that is all important. Not this bunch of 11 disciples. They were usually arguing about who is the greatest. They were a bickering lot, a doubting lot, certainly an unprofessional lot. Most of them were fishermen. And yet they have this impossible task of going and making disciples of all nations.
We read last week that when it really came to the crunch, they fell asleep. And these were the people that Jesus was entrusting. It's once been said that if a firm of management consultants got the CVs of all the disciples for a very important mission, the only person that they would possibly accept would be Judas Iscariot. And look what happened to him. And yet 2,000 years later, there are 2 billion people in our world today that associate themselves as being Christian. So what happened? Well, we need to go back to the book of Acts, the book that follows on from the four Gospels, because what was read wasn't quite Jesus' last words. In his last sentence or last paragraph, but not quite his last words. So if we look in the book of Acts and chapter 1, we read in verse 2 that Jesus does instruct his disciples. But then in verse 8, and we need the glasses again, we read but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth and that is the difference that is what makes the impossible possible the disciples had the Holy Spirit now if you ask them what would you need for this mission that Jesus has just asked you? They'd probably say, well, I would need a teacher to teach me what to do. I would need um, a guide that would show me where to go. I would need a helper to do the job with me. I would need somebody with great um, knowledge of, of what needs to be done and also the wisdom of how to do it. And actually, a handbook of instructions would be useful as well and of course this is what the person of the Holy Spirit is he is that teacher guide helper a, a source of knowledge and wisdom and it's our Bible is the handbook that has been inspired by God's Holy Spirit and therefore that was the disciples an impossible job made possible because they went out with the power of the Holy Spirit. But what about us? Well, things haven't changed. We are still told to go and make disciples of all nations. The task is still there in front of us. And some of us find talking about Jesus and our faith easy. Some of us find it difficult. Some of us would say it is almost impossible. And yet we have God's Holy Spirit who goes with us and works for us. And therefore things are not impossible. Difficult sometimes maybe. Things may not already go, always go to plan as we'd expected. But we know that we go in the power that the Spirit provides. And knowing that perhaps this week we might like to be a little bolder in our actions. We may do something that the Holy Spirit leads us to do. I don't know, maybe we share online on our Facebook approach, on our Facebook page, um, this and other services that the church has. Maybe we offer to pray with somebody who we know has difficulties. 
maybe we invite somebody round to our house to look and to share one of the, bank, one of the church's services. But it's not for me to suggest what you need to do. Because with all those other things the Holy Spirit does, the other part of his work is to prompt us to be that person that nudges us when we need it, to help us to show what God would have us do. And for each one of us, that may well be different. All we need to do is to say, Holy Spirit, come and show me what God would have me do, and then be obedient to it. So, some final thoughts. Jesus sets what seems to be impossible challenges. And then Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit, which enables us to do with God all things. A couple of other challenges that Jesus gives us. One, to love our enemies. Two, not to make money all important thing in our lives. Three, forgive others that hurt us. Impossible? Not with God's Holy Spirit within us.